Wow. Give it up for our worship team. Come on. My goodness. And how about that dance crew? Whoa. Man, I love my church. Quinnell, man, you're the boss. What's up? That was amazing. And Madeline, bring in the scriptures. Where's she at? Come on. Yeah. Come on. That's so good. Well, you all look amazing tonight. Oh, beautiful, beautiful people. Man, we got a good-looking church. I think it's because we got a good-looking state. Don't you think? Utah's the best. I love Utah. If you don't live here, you should. You should live here. If you don't live here, just move here, and then you already found a church. This is it. So uh, welcome. We're so glad that you are that you are here. I don't have a lot of time, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hustle up. We got uh, about 15 minutes. The title of my message tonight is Vehicle of Hope. Vehicle of Hope. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much. Lord, I thank you uh, for all of these amazing people. Lord, their, their families. Lord, I thank you for who they are, who you made them to be. Lord, I thank you that you're so good, that you're full of love and mercy. Lord, I thank you that you gave your son. Lord, for us, so that we could have life and life abundant and eternal. And we thank you for it, Jesus. Bless the rest of this night as we dive into your word. And then we have a party and celebrate with each other. We thank you for it. We love you. And we thank you for the snow in the mountains. Stay in the mountains, but bring it. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. 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 Well, tonight concludes our, uh, our series, Hope Alone. Uh, all month long, we've been talking about hope. Uh, and like I said, tonight I want to talk about the vehicle of hope. Hope is one of those things that's, that's kind of interesting. I, I, I think sometimes we get hope wrong, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sometimes, uh, you know, especially in a season like this, you can, you can almost sense the hope. It, it, it is an atmosphere of hope that Christmas brings. Am I right? It's just, there, there's, there's just like this thing. It's just different. It's just, you can feel this difference. Everyone's listening to Christmas music and, and, and your, your kids are excited for their gifts. And there's just sort of this hope in the air. And yet, I think that the, the odd thing is that sometimes there's also a sense of hopelessness. And sometimes that's most evident at Christmas. It's because that we should be hopeful. We know that there is something to, we know that, that, that their hope is kind of around, but sometimes we have a hard time seeing it and, and feeling it and experiencing it. And so uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about hope tonight. I think that the, the issue is that sometimes we treat hope a little bit more like a wish. We say things like, oh, well, I hope that I'll get that job, or I hope that you get there safe, or I hope that that turns out well, or I hope that everything works out. I hope that I get the raise. I hope that I get, you know, that I'll find my spouse. I, I hope, I hope, I hope. And, and, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with saying that or, or with expressing that, but the issue is that it's not really hope it's more of a it's more of a wish it, it doesn't have any real action behind it it doesn't it doesn't carry a promise it's it's just kind of a, a wish it, it's it's like the the Santa 
list. You know what I'm saying? I hope that this happens and we kind of, but I want to talk about a different type of hope tonight. I want to talk about a hope that has certainty behind it, a hope that has expectation behind it. I want to talk about a different kind of hope, a hope that works in the dark. See, it's one thing to have some sort of expectation, but then it's a whole other thing to, even when the lights are out and even though when it, when it looks real bad, when, you, when you've lost your job, when you've, when you've got the diagnosis, when it, it, it's one thing to kind of wake up in the morning and go, I hope it's a good day, but it's another thing to have a hope in the middle of a trial. It, it, it's another thing to have hope in the midst of difficulty and pain. And the hope that I want to talk about tonight is a hope that works in the dark. It's a hope that works when you're lost. It's a hope that won't be shaken and it can't be taken from you. It's an unshakable hope because it's backed up, because it's, it's, it's got authority. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Luke chapter 1, verse number 26. This is what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son and his name will be Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, who will be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Now listen to this, verse 37, for the word of God will not fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You see, Israel had been waiting. They had been waiting for this Messiah for thousands of years. It had been mentioned and prophesied and spoke of for thousands and thousands of years that God would send as Messiah, that God would send somebody to reconcile humanity, that there would be a Savior. And there was prophecy after prophecy, and we read it through, from Genesis to Malachi, that the prophets spoke of this Messiah. And they waited, and they waited with expectation, and they waited, and they hoped for the coming Messiah, the day that things would be different, the day that everything would change, the day that humanity would be reconciled to its creator. And after Malachi... After the prophet Malachi, God was silent. The lights went off. For 400 years, nothing. I don't know about you, but I've experienced some time in my life where I felt God was silent. 
where I felt like he couldn't hear me or I couldn't hear him, where it felt like things were getting a little bit dark, like God had stopped speaking. And I don't know about you, but in those moments, it gets kind of scary. It was 400 years of silence. You, t- you can only imagine that some people would begin to murmur, that some people would begin to question and wonder, could this really be true? Could this really happen? Have you ever felt like that? Where you're like, I, just, I know that, that this is supposed to happen. I believe that it's going to happen, but man, it's been dark for a long time. I've got a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter. I've been waiting for six months for her to potty train. And at this moment, I'm thinking that maybe this might just never happen, that she's going to be in diapers for the rest of her life, which is kind of, hey, there's my daughter right there. How you doing, girl? Come here. Okay. She doesn't want to. Come here. Come on. <laughs> Say hi. <laughs> Okay, go see your mama. It's been, it's been six months we've been trying to get her potty trained. She's still in diapers. I'm thinking maybe she's going to be in diapers forever. And it dawned on me the other day, maybe that's not the end of the world. We won't have to worry about boyfriends, right? It's just like she's got, she's got diapers on. Like, I'm good. Like, <laughs> we all face times when it looks like things are grim when it seems like God is silent, when it seems like things will never turn around. And that is when hope, that's when hope is revealed, real hope. That is when we know what our hope really is, who it is in, and what it's made of. I love what the writers of, sorry, I'm not there yet. Listen to this in verse 30. You see, because it had been 400 years of silence, 400 years of wondering if things would change. And then God saw a teenage girl named Mary in a little town called Nazareth. There wasn't anything special about the girl. She was very plain and ordinary. She was maybe 12 to 15 years old. But she was faithfully pursuing Jesus, oh God, looking for the Messiah. And the angel was sent to Mary. And this is what he says in verse 30. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. It's interesting. What was so special about Mary? Out of all of the people on the planet, why did God choose Mary? And I think the answer is, is revealed in verse 38 in her response. Mary, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You see, Mary responds in faith. Mary responds in faith. Faith is the vehicle of hope. Faith is what our hope is made out of. You see, It is in this moment of darkness. It is in this moment of, and you think about what was just said to Mary. Mary, you are going to supernaturally conceive a child and give birth as a virgin to a little boy who, by the way, is God with skin on. And he's, you're going to deliver this child. You're going to be the mother of this child. He's going to redeem the world. 
At this moment, if I'm honest, if I marry, I say, ha, no. I must have eaten some bad cheese. I must be hallucinating right now. My little brother must be playing a trick on me. This is crazy stuff. There's no way that this actually is happening. But Mary responds in faith. Mary responds with faith. And it is through her faith that God delivers the hope of the world. It is through Mary's faith that hope is actually able to step out of heaven and be delivered into the world. Faith is pregnant with hope. Faith is the vehicle of hope. The author of Hebrews in Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. The hope of the world the hope of all humanity. We're not talking about wishful thinking or positive vibes. We're talking about hope in Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is the Word of God, who is truth, who is God incarnate, stepped out of heaven to redeem the world. It is why even in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of trial, in the midst of the darkness, we can have real, authentic hope that's backed up with certainty, anchored in truth. It is why we, in the midst of trials, can have a smile on our face, not because it's fake or pretend, but because we have hope in God incarnate because we have hope that Jesus Christ is indeed in us. The hope of the world lives in us. The question is, where is your hope? Is your hope in your actions? Is your hope in your morality? Is your hope in your bank account? Is your hope in the things that you have or the things that, that it, it, because if that's it, I, your hope is hollow and empty and it won't change anything. Only hope in Jesus Christ has the power to change. Only hope in Jesus Christ. You see, if you're drowning and you're sinking, and someone throws you something to save you, it's got to be something that floats. Otherwise, you'll sink. If I'm drowning in the ocean and thro someone throws me a rock, it doesn't matter if I believe that it will float, because it won't. Jesus Christ is the only hope of the world. He's the only thing that you can grab onto that'll bring you above your circumstance, stop you from drowning, and get you on dry land. It is the only thing in all creation that has any sort of power to help and to save and to redeem. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Who's your hope in? Who is your hope in? Faith in Jesus Christ is the anchor of hope in your life. It's the vehicle of hope. So this Christmas season, as we gather around and we celebrate each other and we give gifts and we put up with relatives and we hug necks and eat ham and turkey, take pause.
reflect. Where's my hope? Where's my hope? Is my hope in Jesus? Is my hope of, in the Savior of the world? Is my hope in God? Because, friends, it's the only thing that has any sort of substantiation. It's the only thing that has any sort of substance. Tonight, before we close, before we send you off, before we go party, the Christmas bash and see Santa and get gifts, before we do any of that, I don't want us to end this night without presenting you an opportunity to receive, to accept the hope of the world. The Bible says that it is without, without faith, it is impossible to please God. The Bible says that if we have faith in the name of Jesus Christ, we will be saved. Faith is the vehicle of hope. Faith in Jesus. So all across this place, maybe you don't do the church thing. I'm not talking about church. We'd love to have you back. Next week's going to be one of the best weeks of the entire year. We'd love to have you back, but it's not about church. It's about you and your Savior. Maybe you feel like you're drowning. You need a raft. You need a life preserver. You need hope. Maybe it feels like every morning you wake up and you just have this dread of the day. Friends, in Jesus Christ, you can have hope. So if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus like that, maybe you've been searching, looking, maybe you've been bouncing around different churches, different religions. Let me tell you something. It's not about a church. It's not about a religion. It's about a person. His name is Jesus. He's the hope of the world. He's the hope of the world. So tonight, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you want to receive that hope all across this place. I'm just going to count to three. I just want you to put your hands up. Ready? One, two, three. Put your hands up. I see your hands. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. I see him in the back. Praise God. Praise God. I see your hand right there. Praise God. I see your hand. Come on. Give it up. Come on. That's what it's about, friends. That's what it's about. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. But I need you to know something. Coming to church, hearing someone talk about the Bible and responding at the end of the message to receive Christ, that's, that's the beginning, but it's not the end. We want to come alongside you. We want to partner with you. We want to help you. Because this thing is just getting started. All in this place, let's pray. Say, God, thank you for sending your son. For dying on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Wash me. Make me new. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Give it up for Jesus. Come on. Come on. For those of you who have been a follower of Christ for a long time, let me remind you. It is easy to lose sight of what this is all about. It is easy to forget. Friends, it's not about doing church. It's not about being good enough. It's about Jesus. Press in this season. Get into the word. That the joy of your salvation, that you would remember why it is you do what you do and who it is that you serve and who is, the, who is your king and your Lord and where your hope comes from. So excited for the rest of the night. I cannot wait. Can I just pray for all of us? Can you just put your hands up in the air as we get ready to dismiss? Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. You're so good, full of love and mercy. We thank you that you came down to the world to save and redeem. Lord, we thank you that you sent your son. Lord, we thank you that you came to give us life and life abundant and we can have hope in you. Lord, bless the rest of this time. We love you. We thank you. And everybody said, amen, amen. Wow.